Let's dive into the mailbag. Jalen Brown was getting booed all over the place at the All-Star game. Is he the villain now? Also, why hasn't Larry Bird been around the Celtics? Do we get back any of the old Boston Celtics next season? And the things, the little things the players do that amaze me. It's all right now on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. It's right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day. Your team is the Boston Celtics, and I've got it covered Monday through Friday, plus bonus podcasts on the weekends when they play, like a Saturday night game in New York. I will be in New York podcasting from New York City, so make sure that you're subscribed. Become an everydayer. Join me on this journey towards maybe Banner 18. I'm John Corrales. I used to play a long time ago. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal and for you because we do this all for you, the Celtics fan. Today we're getting into a mailbag. Lots of questions, as always, which you can get when you email me or go to johncorrales.com slash mailbag. johncorrales.com slash mailbag. That's the only place, the only place I accept questions. johncorrales.com slash Mailbag. I'll get into some of the amazing little things players do later on. Um, I'll get into potential for postseason awards for these guys, uh, getting back some former Celtics, whatever. Today's show brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA. Use the code lockdown NBA, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to 100. Let's get into it. Brian said time and time again, we've seen Jalen get booed. Draft night did not welcome him. He got booed in Indy during the dunk contest. He's been booed in rival games. I can't, can't help but wonder, why is he disliked by NBA fans, uh, assuming it's not Boston fans that are booing him? Okay, let's uh, – and do you think Jalen would do well if he were to embrace his villain-type hate? No. I Let me answer that. No. He's not Dylan Brooks. He's not going to sit there and be like, you know, em- embrace the hate. He's not he, – first of all, He's not a hateful person. I think Jalen wants to spread love. He wants to, you know, his, his off the court message is about equality. And I think he just wants everybody to, you know, get along, love each other. And, you know, regardless of who we are, where we come from, color of our skin, religion, any of that stuff, like he's, that's a focus for him. And so I can never imagine him embracing a villain role. That's not what he wants to be. And that's not who he is. Go back to draft night. This is a pet peeve of mine because he was not booed on draft night because fans were like, Oh, boo Jalen Brown. We don't like him. Draft night was people wanted a Jimmy Butler trade. And the thought was if the Celtics were going to draft Chris Dunn guard out of Providence, If they were going to draft Chris Dunn, it was because they were working on a trade to get Jimmy Butler. So it would have been Chris Dunn out, whatever, blah, 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 whatever series of picks, and Butler would have come in. 
But if they traded, if they, if they drafted Jalen Brown, it was to keep him. I remember vividly, that was the report on draft night. So they drafted Jalen Brown, but the fans wanted a winner. Now they thought Jimmy Butler was going to be the guy to help lead them there. And so they booed the fact that the Celtics didn't make a trade. It comes off as they booed Jalen Brown, but I don't think fans were booing. Ah, we don't want Jalen Brown. Boo, he sucks. No, I think they wanted a trade for Jimmy Butler, and that's why they booed on draft night. Why did Pacers fans boo? I assume there's a lot of Pacers people in that building. Well, obviously, they're going to boo rivals, right? So Celtics get booed. But also, he got booed at the dunk contest because that dunk that he did that was supposed to be an, uh, an homage to D. Brown turned the entire court into the Celtics parquet. And imagine, imagine if, like, pick a popular player. If there was a player that you liked on another team, like say it was the Lakers or say it was the Knicks. Say, pick, pick a guy that you're like, ah, he's benign, it's fine. But if he turns the Boston court an LED court into a rival's court, people would be, oh, boo, boo, bah, I hate this. No, people don't want to see. Imagine uh, an LED court being laid down in Boston and all of a sudden it turned into the Knicks floor. People would lose their mind if it turned into the Sixers floor, right? People would lose their mind. It, do it doesn't matter who it was. People are people booed the fact that the Indiana Pacers building, and that was it was at the, the the football field, but still they were booing the fact that the Indiana home field turned into a Boston home court, and that was like no, unacceptable. No, so people did not like that. So I disagree with the notion that Jalen himself is getting booed. I think those are important points of clarification for why the boos happened when Jalen Brown was introduced. Important stuff, because I don't think it's Jalen. I think it was the situations. So, yeah. Malachi asks, do you agree with Stephen A. Smith's take that Jason Tatum is the favorite for the NBA MVP? I heard Stephen A. talking about this. He's basically saying he's the best player on the best team. And even though his numbers aren't what they used to be uh, because he's taking a, a little bit of a step back so everybody can thrive, which is true, uh, he's not going to put up the same types of numbers that other, other, um, other MVP candidates. So it's a good argument. Um, I don't think he's the favorite necessarily at the moment. But that doesn't mean he can't be uh, eventually because of all those reasons. But you look at, obviously, people are going to look at the points, right? Um, Embiid had the, the fast track, but he's hurt. He's not going to get there. Depends on what, you know, Milwaukee does. Giannis will have a chance. Um, I feel like when it comes to overall, I think the overall feeling is that uh, Jokic, will will have a strong chance to uh be the MVP again because and it depends on what Denver's ultimately doing. I know Denver hasn't been exactly lighting it up uh lately, but
but they're still 36 and 19. They're still pretty close. I think they're kind of coasting. They've lost a few games in a row. I think Jokic is probably the the leader. Uh, you might get a, a a push from Shea Gilgis Alexander. You might get a push, uh, like I said, from Giannis. Uh, but I think Tatum is probably in that mix, like third, fourth, fifth, right now. I think as the Celtics go on, if the Celtics continue to get to sixty wins, and people start to look at it more closely, and they go. Huh. I maybe maybe he maybe we need to be looking at that a little bit more closely. So I, I will say that I'd be a little bit surprised considering how spread out the Celtics impact is if it's Tatum. But I can also see if the Celtics continue to make a push that hey, he best player, best team, that can be that can be a, a real kind of a momentum push for him. So not, not right now, not right now. He's not the favorite for MVP. I still think it's Jokic, but I can see him making a push. Tom, before we get to break, Tom asks, why isn't Larry Bird, Larry Bird involved with the Celtics at all? Obviously Tatum met Bird over at all-star weekend. And it was this nice moment. I talked about it yesterday on the podcast. If you miss what Jason said afterwards, go listen to the podcast yesterday. I played his whole answer about meeting Larry Bird there uh, on the podcast. So go check that out. Why isn't Larry Bird involved with the Celtics? Because he's been involved with the Pacers for the most part. He obviously, after his Celtics career was over, he went to Indiana. He became the head coach for a while. He became the president of basketball operations for a while. He stepped away. Then he came back and he's been serving as far as like, like, like in a, a advisory role to the team, like a consultant. So, He's been involved with the Indiana Pacers. So it it's not exactly, you know, he's working for a different team. And he's he's never been one to to I don't know put importance on that kind of stuff like I, he like he said multiple times and he, this was great. He said multiple times over the weekend, I love where the game is and all of that stuff and he's he's forever going to be a Celtic. Uh, and I'm sure that when, you know, the opportunity is there, he will take those opportunities, but he's not going to be around like Paul Pierce is around or any of the other legends have been around. Like he's, he's his own guy. He wants these guys to do their own thing. He's kind of unique in, in that way. So, but the, the main reason, like he's currently a consultant with the Pacers. So that's not going to uh, allow for him to do a lot to hang around the Celtics. And so that's, that's that. And he's not actively going to seek out Tatum or Brown or anything like that. So if guys want to meet Larry bird, they're going to have to make an effort. And that's not exactly front of mind. And Larry's his own dude, man. He's a weird guy sometimes. And I love him, but that's that I'm not surprised. People are surprised that Jason Tatum hadn't met J, uh, Larry bird up until that point. I'm like, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked at all. So all right, let's get back uh, in a second here. We'll talk about the acquisition of Jaden Springer. Did they finesse the Sixers? Uh, we'll talk about getting former Celtics back, and we'll talk about the firing of Jacques Vaughn in Brooklyn. That's all coming up next. First, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. The easiest, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's you against the 
projections. You pick more, you pick less. And if you do that correctly between two to six players on their stat projections, that prize pick set, you can win money and you can win big. Uh, you can win up to a hundred times your money right now because it's demon time on prize picks. Yeah. They've got these things, these demons and goblins. That's their new exciting way to play at prize picks. There are squares marked with red demons or green goblins, and they give you different payouts. So you can win up to a hundred times your money. You put $10 down, you could win up to a thousand dollars with as few as four correct picks. So go check it out. Uh, you can play a bunch of different ways. They've got injury insurance on their picks. You can play multiple sports at the same time, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, a huge selection of players and stat types. And you can make your picks in seriously a couple of clicks, boom, 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 60 seconds or less. You're all set. It doesn't take you all day. And, uh, it's worth, it's worth the shot, man. Cause you can get up to a hundred dollars now in a first deposit match on top of 10 times your money, prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA. You can see it on the bottom of the screen here on the YouTube page, prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA. Use the code lockdown NBA. That first deposit match, you deposit up to hundred dollars. They'll match it. And then you make the right picks on the demons and goblin squares. You can get up to uh, 10, a uh, hundred times your money. That's pretty good. So go check it out. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Thank you for making lockdown Celtics. Your first listen every day. Go check out Locked On Sports today. It's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's now available on Amazon Fire TV. All you got to do is find that free Fire TV channels app. Find Locked On Sports today. It's right there on your TV. You don't have to go to the YouTube. You just go right there on the free Fire TV channels app. You can find all the big stories, all our national shows. It's just a great way to get good, solid sports talk all day long, every day. So check it out. It's fun, fun stuff. All right, get back to the mailbag. Max says, hi, I'm a fellow Celtics fan from Hong Kong. Love you international fans. International fans, you, you're, you're up at weird times watching these games. It's it, uh, The commitment is real. Uh, he says, uh, why did Jaden Springer get acquired for a second-round pick? He's very good defensively, and he's a young talent. Do you think the 76ers got finessed? Well, We'll see. I don't know that they got finessed necessarily. Uh, the Sixers believe that he has talent, but he's a longer range kind of project. The Celtics disagree on how long range the project is. And the Sixers are, you know, we're in a situation where they wanted to create as much financial space as possible. So you look around, you say, hey, Jaden Springer, yeah, he's nice. He's a good defender, obviously. He had uh, everybody talked about how great those performances were against uh, Steph Curry and uh, who else? Somebody else. Uh, forget, forget off the top of my head, but he had a couple of great defensive support. Luka Doncic, uh, he had a great couple of defensive uh, games there and really showed some promise. And the But the Sixers were like, not enough. He's not a right now guy and we don't have the, the time. We need to create as much cap space as possible. So next season you can try to get players in or trade for players somehow add to that, that roster because you're running out of time with Joel Embiid. So as much as Jaden Springer might be good and maybe the Celtics did finesse the Sixers, but the Sixers are like, yeah, that's, it's a risk we're willing to take. Look at the Clippers with Shea Gilgis Alexander. They wanted to take that risk. 
They gave up a young talent. Now, let me just be clear. Jaden Springer is not Shea Gilgis Alexander. But my point is the Clippers gave up a young guy with potential to win now. And that was their choice. They wanted to build a team that was a win now team. Now, this is obviously nowhere near the same level of talent, but the Sixers needed to win now, need to win now, and they need space to acquire the players because Joel Embiid is going to be running out of, he's running out of time and he's, he's older than his, like his body is probably, it's probably got like two, three years left at this level, a couple years left at this level, MVP level. And then it really starts to go downhill fast for a guy like Embiid. So it's going to be the clock is ticking there. That's why they made that deal. And Hey, maybe it works out for the Celtics to get a good role player for second round pick. And he can be a guy that sticks around for a while, but that, that was the situation. And you got to credit Brad Stevens for taking advantage of a situation like that. Cause that's, where you got to be as a GM ready to pounce when teams are willing to make painful moves, potentially painful moves like that. Jackson asks with so many former Celtics being traded again, what are the odds we could realistically get them back in the off season? Very low. Um, I, the trade rules are going to get very restrictive think you got to brace yourself for not a lot happening with the Celtics. They probably have a a couple big moves left. So I'm not going to say that a former Celtic can't be thrown into a big move kind of depends on where that, where that move happens and depends on the size of that. Like if the Celtics win a championship this year, I expect them to just run it back. Like, Hey, let's try this again. Forget the second apron. Who cares about the second apron? We're just going to, um, we're just going to roll with it and see if we can do it again. It's a young enough team. Let's capture lightning in the bottle twice. Let's do it. If they don't win a championship, then things get a little dicey and maybe they have to make a bigger move, but the second apron rules make things difficult. So, uh, I say, I'm going to say it's unlikely that former Celtics, uh, come back this off season, unless the Celtics make a big, big move. And in that case, that would be, uh, you know, all bets are off at that point, but I don't expect that. Malachi says, strange question, but why did the Nets fire their head coach? I thought Jacques Vaughn was liked by the players and fans of Brooklyn. Yeah, that might be the case, but things have, have gone South there pretty quickly. Um, Obviously, the final the final blow was a fifty point loss to to Boston. That was bad, but I think Brooklyn is trying to retool, and I'm I'm even wondering if Sean Marks is going to stick around. At this point, they may they may start completely over, and they might want to have somebody new. Or if Sean Marks sticks around and makes tries to make some big deals, they might want to have like a a head coach that can be like a page turner. Like we're going to start completely new. Jacques Vaughn kind of came in after the Steve Nash thing. We're gonna we're just gonna palate cleanser, start fresh, new coach, new staff, new identity, new players. Let's roll with that. 
and I, I can understand how that would be the case. Uh, it's tough when you are trying to rebuild on the fly a little bit and not completely tear down. They're trying to retool uh, a little bit. So it's, it, they're trying to make it a quick rebuild is, is kind of where I'm going with it. And they, they probably just want somebody that's, that's going to help, uh, you know, a new, a new face, a new voice to help kind of facilitate that, you know, different, different teams in this situation would do different things. And some teams might keep Jacques Vaughn. Some teams might not It's just a matter of what they think is best for the team. Um, I thought Jacques Vaughn was doing a, a good job with what he had and was seeing the process through. And I think he could have been rewarded for kind of taking, taking the lumps post Steve Nash, but you know, he's off. He's, you know, looking for a new job and we'll see where he lands coming back. We're going to see if the Celtics can get five guys, all five starters on all NBA postseason, not all NBA, but postseason awards. We'll talk about some of the little amazing things that I am just completely blown away by with these players. That's all coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by better help. Sometimes we need the opportunity to get something off of our chest and it's important to let that out, especially to somebody who's unbiased. And for example, I'm sure Adam Silver would love to just get to somebody and blast the players. I don't know if you heard Adam Silver after the game, he was basically like, Hey, you set the record for most points in all-star game. Well, congratulations. Very obviously upset. So uh, that's something that he might need to talk through. But you can get some of that stuff off your chest through therapy. You can get into something more serious through therapy. And it's especially important to find someone that you can talk to, that you relate with, that understands you, that gets you. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. It's designed to be entirely online, flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, if you go to betterhelp.com slash lockdown NBA, you get 10% off your first month. And the beauty about BetterHelp, that's H E L P, the beauty about BetterHelp is if you don't click with your therapist, you can switch. However, how often you need to, uh, until you find that person you click with that gets you, you can switch. Once you do, then you can start unloading. And I'm telling you, I've I've benefited from therapy. It's it's a it's a great thing. No matter if you want to have daily frustrations let out or something deeper, something more long-term, it's all it's all good. So go check it out. Betterhelp.com slash lockdown NBA. Get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash lockdown NBA. Thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out Lockdown NBA. I host tomorrow's show, Wednesday, Lockdown NBA with Jake Madison. So that's going to be a fun show. We'll look ahead to the second half of the season. Uh, that's me doing air quotes. So go check out Locked On NBA. Rotating hosts all week, all week long. Michael asks, oh, no, wait. Let me start with Nick's question. Let me start with Nick. Who says, uh, is it possible that we can have our starting five on all NBA teams postseason? So Jays on all NBA Porzingis, White, and Holiday on all defensive teams. Has this ever been done in NBA history where starting five makes all postseason teams? 
you know, I, I don't recall that ever happening and I, I couldn't find the answer as I searched for, I, I couldn't find it. I don't think it's happened. If it has, it's very rare. Uh, because a lot of times guys, you know, you, you don't have that level of talent, uh, over the course of like different, like so many good defenders that are, are that good. Is it possible? Well, Tatum's a guaranteed all NBA guy. Jalen is possibly all NBA. Um, considering how good the Celtics are and he's having a good season that he might make a, a second or third team, all NBA could do that. All defense. I think all three could make it all three should make it. But the problem is the problem is Porzingis actually, because there's two all defense teams and it's, you know, Gobert is going to get one and they're going to, it's positionless too. So maybe he gets in and like, this is a new, it's a new voting system, but Gobert's going to get in. I think Bam out of bio is going to get in. Um, there there's Porzingis could, if they, you know, because it's positionless that that tends to go to the bigs, which means one of the, the guards might get squeezed out. It's going to be very hard. It's going to be very difficult, uh, but it's it's possible. So if you say, "What are the odds?" Well, I don't know. It's there's a, there's a, a decent enough chance, but that the two All NBA teams and the positionless uh, stuff, it, it, I think that might squeeze out some of the guards. But the Celtics, no one should be upset if if that's if this scenario that Nick spelled out happens because I think Jalen and Jason, all NBA, and those other three guys on, on all defensive teams, that totally makes sense to me. Michael asks, what are some of the small things that NBA players do, not necessarily spectacular things that amaze you? He said, I assume you'd have a different answer than me because you played at a high level. He says, for me, I'm impressed by players saving the ball from going out of bounds at the baseline. Uh, it goes on to describe like, yeah, uh, and full, port, full court passes also. Um, so I get it, you know, guy, uh, saving the ball out of bounds. You, it is actually an amazing little feat in and, in and of itself. You, you jump, you're going one way, you grab it, you jump, you spin, you find a guy, you save it. Uh, that's very impressive to me. I feel like the processing power is the most impressive thing to me. It's the mental game to me that that's always the most impressive. And by processing power, I mean a guy can come down and read the defense instantly and be like, okay, this is what they're doing. All right, they're doing this. Here's my guys. Here's my setup. Boom, boom, boom. If they set the pick this way, I got this, this, this. If they're, oh, they're drop, they're in drop, or they're, you know, they're hedging, they're doing blah, blah, blah. The the ability to read it, react, and have options is amazing to me. The guys that can see a defense and go, I have these options. I'm going to do these couple of things now, but if you play this in the fourth quarter, I'm going to make you think I'm doing the same thing and I'm going to do this other thing, right? Uh, I keep thinking of a Luka Doncic play and, you know, he, he, 
I wish I could describe it as, as you know, give it the the credit it deserves. But he he saw a defense. This happened like last season or two seasons ago, where he saw a defense and you know he made a play where you know he he hit a guy like across the court, and then in the fourth quarter he said saw the same setup and he set up and he was going to make that. He looked like he was going to make a cross court pass. But he had a guy cutting across to the corner, and he made that that same motion, and then he just dumped it to the corner, and his guy was wide open. And you're like, man, he had that in his pocket the whole time. Those types of things, the highest level processing brains that can see something, process it in in an instant. Think about your computer. Think about uh, a bargain computer that you have it try to load a website. And it takes time. You're like, okay, okay, yeah, download this. The processing power is not very strong, so it takes a while for things to download. Versus the highest level computer that is way too expensive, but when you click on something, boom, it processes. It's, it, you can game, you can put on Call of Duty, and it no lag, no nothing, boom, you're playing great, right? Versus the other computer, it's like, you can't do anything. You're getting killed. You, the, the, it lags. It stops. It it freezes. Now, the freezing and lagging and stopping, that, that's how my brain works. The intense, high-level processing power, the, like the gaming computers that you're like, wow, this thing is fast. That's like LeBron. That's Tatum. That's, that's the highest-level first-team All-NBA guys. That's how fast they see things, how fast they recall things. And when they see it again, they know what their options are. They've got the play. They've got their their first option, the counter, the counter to the counter. And then they've got like, I'm going to set this guy up. I'm going to do these two things that they don't expect me to do, but I got it in my pocket for the fourth quarter just in case because I know that you're going to go to it in the fourth quarter because I remember that you did it in the fourth quarter the last time. And so if you do it again, I got you. Like that type of stuff amazes me to no end. The guys at the NBA level, I say this, this is my go-to analogy. I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million more. They are astrophysicists. I am a high school science teacher. So I know science. I understand science. And I can teach it to people like fans like you who you're not fully invested in basketball, right? You like to watch it and you like to see whatever, like you, you're, your, your job isn't to be like knee deep into basketball. So I can teach you some things and you can learn it. And it'd be like, Oh, it's cool. I, I know a little extra stuff. Astrophysicists are like way above. Right. And so I can get some of what they're saying, but it takes time. So for example, I ask, a, like I can ask a player about a play and they can recall it vividly and talk about all the options and I have to go back and look at the, the play and be like, oh, okay, hold on. Let me rewind that. Okay, yeah, I see that. But, oh, oh hold on. Let me rewind that. I go, okay, yeah, this guy did this, so you did this. Oh, I get it. Let me rewind it again. Like, if if the Celtics had a film session that lasted typically an hour, let's say, and if they invited me in, which, hey, Celtics, if you want to invite me into a team film session, please. If they invited me in, they're not going to after I finish the sentence. And said, you can ask any questions you want. Just stop us. We'll rewind. We'll do whatever you need to do for you to get it. That hour-long film session would last four hours. 
they'd have to bring in food for me to like, by the time we get to the end of it. And I would have to take like a whole notebook full of notes and record it. <laughs> so I can go back to it later. The way they process the game blows me away, blows me away. Let's end on Todd, who has a couple of questions. First, Brad Stevens gets plenty of flowers for his role as team's president of operations. How much should go to uh, Austin Ainge, team's assistant GM? Um, this this applies to Brad and it applies to uh, Joe Mazzula. When we talk about coaching, we talk about Joe. When we talk about moves, we talk about Brad. But those guys are the faces of entire staffs. So, yes, Austin Ainge, also Mike Zarin, also like eight other people in that front office that do a lot of work that are integral to the team's success and the front office's success. Brad Stevens gets all the public flowers, but he is a representative of all of that front office. Just like when I say I like the coaching job that Joe Mazzulla is doing. Well, that includes his entire coaching staff, right? Down to the video guys, the entire staff. So everybody, it takes an entire team now in today's NBA to do this stuff. So yes, you're right. It's a good point to, to include these other names, but we talk about Brad and we talk about Joe. Just know that when we're talking about Brad and Joe, we're talking about Brad and his staff, Joe and his staff, and they are the front-facing people who talk to us all the time, but just know that there are a ton of people that do the jobs behind the scenes for those guys, with those guys that deserve a ton of credit as well, uh, so it's a good point there. And then uh, Todd finally asks, uh, before the tip, Jason Tatum wiggles each one of his earlobes. He tugs on it. Um, and contrary to popular belief, that's not what I did to pull my ears out of place. That's just how they are. Uh, Todd, uh, clearly part of my generation says the, the Carol Burnett thing. Uh, I do remember the Carol Burnett, you know, tugging her ear. Same, same reason. Tatum tugs at his earlobes for his grandmother. So when she's at the game, uh, he tugs at the earlobe, earlobes. He tries to spot her in the crowd. She's not there. That's his kind of way of saying hi to her. So that's that's his uh, thing. That's why he does it. So that's it. I uh, appreciate you guys sending me the questions. As always, questions come in to johncorrales.com slash mailbag. That's how I get the questions. Try to answer as much as I can. Uh, try to incorporate them throughout the course of my podcasts throughout the week. So maybe it's not a direct mailbag answer, but if you're listening to enough shows, you might get an answer. Like I got one question about improvements to the NBA all-star game. Well, that was yesterday's podcast. That was, that was there. I had all of my improvements there. So I answered that question without answering the question directly. So make sure, like, I, I know that this is me trying to get you to listen to more podcasts, but I do a lot of podcasts and I say a lot of things. So a lot of times you're asking a question. It's something that I may have answered already in the podcast. So make sure you're listening because you never know when, when I'm going to actually say something worth remembering. It's possible. It's rare, but it's possible. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Would love it if you 
hop down to the comment section on the YouTube page. And I'd love it if you shared the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.